Hi, welcome to the Lawcast. My name is Melanie Thorley and I'm the director here of MJT Law. So those of you who are regular viewers of the Lawcast will know that a, quite a few weeks ago now I made a decision to stop dyeing my hair. <laughs> Um, and there was this kind of, I mentioned that, you know, we'll see how it plays out. So it's been, you know, a few months and my hair's grown out. I guess it helps that I'm already, you know, light hair coloured, so on and so forth. So yes, I am slowly going grey, everyone. I am not ageing before your eyes. Uh, now, I promised a couple of weeks ago that I'd bring a couple of cases to the table. And I found one that's kind of bizarre. Um, in this case, we've got two workers who work at a nightclub uh, who had a dinner and one of, them, one of them disclosed the salary of a worker that wasn't at the dinner. Now, <laughs> so we've got, so we got Ms. Scottston disclosed Ms. Holden's new salary rate um, to Ms. McLeod on Thursday, the 2nd of February, 2023. Now, apparently, Ms. McLeod was not aware that Ms. Ms. Holden didn't authorise Ms. Scottson to <laughs> discuss the accelerate. So we've got Scottston, Holden and McLeod. McLeod. Um, Scottston was the one that talked about the salary. It was Holden's salary and that they were, she was talking to McLeod. Now, McCloyd didn't know that Holden, that Scottson didn't, was, wasn't given authorization by the employee. But what's really weird about this is that the evidence showed that Scottson didn't know that she oughtn't be talking about somebody else's salary without their consent. I just think that's a really weird argument. It was it was ultimately successful, um, and the case is very long. Um, but it was just very strange that they were having this dinner, and uh, she talked about the salary, and she didn't realise that she probably oughtn't be talking about that sort of thing. And I, I wonder if this is a knock-on from those of you who are watchers and and listeners of the Lawcast, and those of you who are working and operating in um, businesses in Australia know that some time ago we had legislation change this year that made um, pay secrecy clauses invalid. And it went one step forward. It said that any contracts moving forward, any new contracts moving forward, must have that particular clause removed. So. I'm wondering if this kind of um, concept of talking about pays just all of a sudden became fine and people weren't realizing that you, you, it's about your own pay <laughs> you can talk about. It's not about somebody else's pay. 
unless it's already public knowledge, I guess. But it was just really strange because what happened was they were all at, they, they, these two people were at dinner and there was this jibber jabber and they'd been friends for some time. This woman had already got access to, because she knew the pay rates because she was in that role. And she just talked about it. Um, she got fired for it, filed an unfair dismissal and basically claimed that she had no knowledge that it was wrong. And the commission, commission kind of, accepted um, that on the balance of probabilities McLeod breached confidential information clause when she informed Louis of the Holden's salary but said I do not accept this provided a valid reason for dismissal for the following reasons. McLeod didn't engage in willful and deliberate breach of her employment contract. She was under the pressure that Ms Holden had voluntarily informed her of her new salary rate and it was not unreasonable given they were all friends and clearly discussing their pay um, at least at some degree during the dinner on the 31st of January. And McLeod didn't understand that Ms Holden's new salary constituted confidential information that she wasn't allowed to discuss. Um, and there was no evidence that the club provided training about this reasonably complicated legal issue. I mean, is it though? Is it a reasonably complicated um, legal issue? Should we be talking about other people's salaries with each other? I don't know. I think when we think about morals, which is obviously not a legal thing necessarily, um, we think about secrets and secret keepers and whether it is somebody else's secret to tell. And in this situation, is salary a secret? Confidential information is a, has a legal term. Um, and whose secret is it to tell? It's really interesting. I would say that many unique clauses in an employment contract, for instance, you might enter um, into an employment arrangement with somebody and they've specifically asked for a particular thing to enter into that employment. It's an inducement or a award or some type of thing to say, yeah, I'm going to totally take on board this contract. I've got this new thing and I know nobody else has got it. It might be a bonus scheme. It might be a retention payment. It might be a pony. I don't know, but it's something in the contract, but it's yours and yours alone. You've, you've negotiated that or the employer employee have negotiated that and it's unique to that particular individual. Well, I can understand how something like that, uh, you wouldn't want to get out because then quite frankly, everyone would ask for it. And the answer is no, you can't have it. You didn't, you didn't negotiate it. And I get that in my consults from time to time, but somebody else got this. And I just have to say, well, yeah, somebody else got that. That's not a factor in your particular case. So in this case, are we saying that a point like, pay, which now isn't a secret, still is confidential information because it's confidential to the person's contract. And it's up to them to disclose that that pay is there and not for somebody else to look over their shoulder, say, and disclose it on their behalf. 
it's not their secret to tell. So I'm kind of really interested in this one. In the end, the commission decided that it wasn't, um, that the dismissal um, was too harsh. It wasn't, there wasn't a valid reason, I should say, for the dismissal. And um, in a sense, it was, um, you know, because they didn't know these things. And, and then it goes to the next question, sorry for rambling on a little bit, but this, 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 this um, case brings up a whole pile of questions for me. Um, I don't know, I didn't read how big this business was, but let's say it's a small business. Let's say there's five employees. Let's say they're all hanging out together and this is, you know, and they're all out doing all sorts of things together all the time because that's what happens in small business. Well, the other thing that the commissioner said was, did they have a policy or training on this? Um, who was it? I think it was Gummo, maybe? Chief Justice Gummo? Oh, don't send me a hundred thousand emails telling me I got this wrong. But one of our High Court justices years ago said, what are we to do? Are we to put a sign up for every tiny little space that could be dangerous? There'd be signs everywhere for absolutely everything. So no, you do not need a sign to say dangerous cliff. Um, and I, I, can't, I kind of feel that way about this one. How do you make a policy for everything? You can't, you simply can't, you cannot foresee. And I was asked a question by an employer um, a little while ago where um, it was a discrimination claim and the employee is claiming discrimination. And one of the reasons is that uh, they made a decision to, to well, it's alleged that they made a decision to reduce their hours and then go casual. It's a small business, really small business. They were the only manager in the store and the employer said, well, you can't be manager then if you're going to do that. And they're claiming part of that decision is, is discriminatory. And one of the questions I got was, should we have a policy for this? I'm like, how could you possibly have a policy for that? It's obscure for a start. And it seems like a sensible thing to be happening. A casual employee on reduced hours can't manage a store when they used to work full time. It's just, the logistics is not gonna work. So why have a policy on that? Why have a, how I have training on that? How would you possibly come up with the, with the, with the scenario that that was actually gonna happen in order to foresee that and put something in place? And I kind of feel the same way about this. How do you have a policy to stop other people talking about your pay when you didn't tell them you could? You would think that was self-evident. I guess the answer here, people, is the should we test in many ways. Should we be talking about this? Should we be discussing this? Does a person know? Whose secret is it? Um, in this case, they were found to not have a valid reason for dismissal. And if I just... The remedy for one of them, it was 10,000 and the other one, 15. It's interesting. Quite a lot, actually. Oh, hang on a sec. Sorry, people. Okay, so one of them received 18,000 plus super, and the other one received 12,000 plus super. It's really interesting. It's quite high, I think, for this. 
don't know, maybe it's a lesson. Anyway, going back to my original point, I don't know if the employer could have foreseen this. I think this is a tough decision against an employer on this point. But the decision is incredibly long, people, and it goes into a lot of things. And that was three-day hearing as well. It means that we're all sitting there for three full days listening to evidence. I'm not, and the commissioner um, stated that they that they went over all that evidence, and that's completely fine. But wow, that is a big that's a big case. Um, I can only imagine that. Um, the employer felt very strongly that it was okay to terminate for someone breaching confidential information, which I absolutely would support. Obviously, I have no idea what happened. I'm not the solicitor in this case. I'm not, I don't see all the evidence. I'm not sitting there in court or in the commission listening to the, to the hearing. But I, th I think this could have been harsh. I think this could have been really harsh. But the moral of the story here is lessons to be learned from both sides. Employees, think about the should we. Think about what whose secret it is. Think about actually what's going on here. And for employers, I think we've got to start thinking about bigger pictures here. Um, the system is quite difficult to navigate at the best of times. And I wonder if there could have been a solution that could have been put to the table. And I don't know if there was because I wasn't involved in this case where um, the outcome would have been cheaper for the employer as well. In this case, uh, you know, there was a $25,000, basically $25,000 awarded to the parties altogether, $30,000 awarded to the parties altogether. I wonder what they were offered and what they took eventually, whether this was far greater than the offers that were made or far less than the offers that were made. Some people feel very strongly they're entitled to the six months pay that's at maximum. But I very, very rarely see that. A um, Couple of times a year, maybe. I hope everyone has enjoyed this case. It's a bit of a weird one, disclosing somebody else's pay when we've got these pay secrecy laws um, out there and we've got People jibber-jabbing all the time as friends, you know, in this sort of situation. But I think the moral of the story is employees should be very, very careful about what's going on and, and what they're disclosing about other employees, even to their friends. And the second thing is employers, I think there's a big picture here we need to start thinking about. For a start, we have a commissioner saying, why the hell wasn't there a policy on this? Well, how can you write everything? I think this is a tough, tough decision against them. Um, Hope everyone has a great fortnight and thank you for listening and watching the Lawcast. <laughs> I had a little bit of a rant there, so sorry about that. And uh, we will um, catch up with you again in another couple of weeks. Thanks for watching.